Hey, welcome back, folks. Uh, Sarcasm Speaks, Jared and Bob here. Uh, Bob's on fire, so I'm just going to turn it over to him. I'm not even going to waste any time. Yeah, so PGA Championship just ended, and as a lover of chaos, Bruce Kepka just won, and I'm fucking here for it. I am like, <laughs> everyone, like, people are going to pretend like it's not a big deal, like, whatever, and it's going it, to, people are going to be so fucking pissed, and I <laughs> fucking love every second of it, because not for nothing, him and Bryson got booed on the third tee. Yep yesterday before the third round and now it's like yeah brooks yeah like you guys are such pussies it's um, <laughs> it's so fucking funny so fucking predictable too um but all, ever ever since this shit kind of like started i've just been like i need i need the chaos and it's no like if cam smith or if dj won it's not as chaotic as fucking brooks kapka Right. So for him to win after blowing the Masters, because that was like everyone's victory lap. Like, oh, see, can't play, yeah. can't play four, can't play four rounds. See. Yep. Oh, how's your fifty-four hole shotgun start doing? Oh. Yep. Oh, he he doesn't have it anymore. So. For hit for it to be him, I think the only way it could have been worse. What? But I, see, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much if it was like Surge or Poulter or one of those guys. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, despite my having two outrights finish second, that's that's a, that's a new one. Second, tied second, both of them. Nice. Um. So outside of that, this is the perfect result, and I did not have Kepka any which way. Mostly because I didn't want to curse him because I knew I like I I I need I needed this because people didn't like him anyway. People didn't like him when he was on the PGA Tour, right? And I'm like, he's a fucking ass kicker. So it's like, I just need, I need him to win every major. Yeah. And I've loved him. I've loved him ever since. Oh yeah. Like, well, that's the thing is I'm a prick and that's why, like, <laughs> like, like in the, it, it's, it's the funniest thing too. Like when you go to, um, like even, even take like full swing and yep. the Kepka episode was not good. Like it, it just wasn't. But if you actually like paid attention to it, you at least got a feel for like where he was at. And like he genuinely did not think that he was going to be able to like even remotely play well again. So to see him yeah. come back, if you don't like that story, you're just a piece of shit. Because if Ricky Fowler won this, you'd be saying, wow, what a comeback. Yeah. A career well, resurgence, right? This is better because this guy was at the top. No one could yeah. beat him. Right. From 2017 to 2019, he was the greatest golfer in the world. Yeah, and then he started getting a little nicked up. Like, I think he missed. Yeah, so first he... it was his wrist, right? He fucked up his wrist. Then he yeah. fucked up one knee. Then he fucked up the other knee. Yeah, so he <laughs> blew it. He blew. Uh, you know what? He was behind. He wasn't leading. But he shit the bed in the 2020 PGA that Morikawa mm. won. But yeah. he also ran his mouth off beforehand. Um, and he played like he played like absolute shit. Like he was like in contention to like fucking outside the top twenty five. But he also pulled out of that year's Masters. He didn't play, so he had like a couple injury issues. I think he won the waste management in twenty one, but then he was hurt again. Like couldn't bend over, couldn't you know like read his putts, like that whole thing. Yeah. 
So anyone else on the PGA Tour and people are like, wow, what a great story. But they just don't like him because he's kind of an asshole. Yeah, and he went to live. Well, before that, before even before. Well, yeah, even when he was still on the PGA Tour. Yeah, they didn't like him because he was kind of an asshole. Yeah. Well, you would talk about how he he wished he'd rather play baseball. (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, ah, golf's not that interesting. Like, this is the this is like part of it, and then and then so the full swing episode. I mean, it wasn't a good episode, but like you can kind of feel for the guy. And then people like, oh, the Tony Fino episode was so good. (laughs) Did you feel that way? Because I didn't feel that way. No. I watched no. that and I couldn't give a flying fuck less about Tony Fino. My opinion I mean, on him did not change one bit. Yeah, I didn't like him any more or less after that, right? Like I'm kind I of indifferent not, to Tony I, Fino. I, I, I don't not, hate him. I did not watch that episode and go, wow, that was a good episode. I thought the Joel Damon episode was a good one. Yeah, I think the Joel Damon episode was fantastic. Um, like, yeah, Tony but I mean, Fino. For me, now that Fino is over the hump, like... He doesn't really do much for me, right? He does so like nothing. Forever for, for the longest time ever, it was top 10 Tony, right? Like he would come, he would have the lead and he would blow it on Sunday. So you kind of start feeling bad for the guy. So that eventually, like when he's in contention on Sunday, you root for him because you feel bad for him, right? You pity him, I guess. So it's out of pity. I don't. I did at least. And it was like, I hope he pulls this one off, right? Like I rooted for him then, but now he's won a few times. I think he's won four times in the last. One four times months. since like July. Yeah, yeah. So now it's like, okay, if he's in contention on Sunday against like, I don't know, Patrick Cantlay, I'll root for Finau. But like, if it's Finau against like Victor Hovland, like no I'm probably going to root for Hovland, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so that's what I mean. Like that episode didn't do anything plus or minus in for me personally. Yeah. But then, uh, but then so everyone George sees that shit and they're like, Oh, well, Kepka is such a dick. And I'm like, he's <laughs> really not like, if you actually like watch that episode and just listen to him, he was a guy, he was broken, dude. Like he was he a guy who was literally on top of the world. He, he had was... frosted fucking tips and didn't believe <laughs> that he could play golf again. Like, yeah, that's as fucking crazy as it gets for a golfer. In 2022, he had frosted tips. It's not 1996, right? Like, when every when everyone was doing like, it. bro, he was off the fucking deep end. Yeah. You know, as as it gets, I mean, he still goes home to his model wife and pool that he can lounge in while still right. being underwater. I mean, it's fucking and their crazy. closet, their closet's bigger than my fucking living room. It's fucking stupid, but yeah. Um, so you don't need to feel too bad for the guy, but like for someone to be like the guy who won four times in two seasons, I don't even know how many events. Like if we broke, if we even narrowed it down further, like U.S. Open to PGA, that's probably only like what six. No, 10 majors. Because it would have went the 17 US Open. So it would have went three that year. Yeah. For the and next. That was, that was when PGA US was Open late. was so, second. Yeah. yeah. So he won the sec- He won the second major of the year. So there was three that year. Four, nine. He won four and nine. Yeah. And finished second to Tiger at the 2019 masters. Right. So like, dude, he was there. Like he was the guy. He was top two in five out of nine consecutive majors. And then you're sitting there <laughs> and then he's sitting there with frosted tips. He can't bend his knee. He has no <laughs> idea if he can play well, well anymore. Right. Like, dude, he fucking like that. He fucking lost it. Out of all the people that went to live, he made the most sense. Right. Like, I mean, you could make the argument between him and Phil, 
right? Because Phil was the pioneer. He's at the end of his career, right? He's 55, 56 yeah, so years old. Any and of like, the he old, took the bag. Any of but, the old war horses. So like anyone under the age of like fucking 40 that went. Right. Kepka made the most sense. And I mean, Patrick Reed probably made the most sense. P- Patrick Reed made a lot of sense because no one likes him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same with Bryson. Like Bryson was like concerned about injuries. Like he he was concerned about. I, th- I think it was his wrist too. Yeah. So it just timed out at a weird time. But like he also was like media rights and shit like that. Whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, he came out. So then even today, like Kepka came out three birdies in his first four. Or, yeah, three consecutive from two, three, yeah. four. He birdied two, three, four. You know, mix some bogeys in there, whatever. But he did what he needed to do. And I am sitting here without winning any money on the tournament. I lost all my bets. <laughs> and I couldn't be fucking happier with the result. Because this is the chaos I need. This is the outrage that just makes me fucking happy. Because yeah. people are going to be so fucking pissed. <laughs> for no reason because a guy won a golf tournament so i'm going to take a victory lap uh for two reasons one uh i bet on kepka live i hit him friday afternoon i think um and i got him 10 to 1 so and uh, it was either friday afternoon or saturday morning whenever it was i got him at 10 to 1 Um, so I hit that, right. I hit that bet live. And then I also called the ending in a way, right. I texted you yesterday and said, Kepka doesn't have to shoot the lights out. If he finishes, if he gets it, if he, sorry, Jesus Christ, if he shoots a 67, then he'll probably win. And you, to your own credit, right. You agreed with me. It's not like I'm trying to rub this in your face at all. Uh, this is more of like just in general for the masses that are watching and listening. Um, I said, if he shoots a 67, that gets it done. He wins. What did he shoot today? 67. So yeah, I thought, I thought eight was going to be the number. Now he got to nine, but eight would have won anyway. So I'm fucking, I, I sent that to Cunty Chris. Yeah. Um, before the tournament even started. So, I mean, I'm just like the smartest person ever. Yeah. <laughs> Except I didn't fucking bet Capgillo pre-tournament. Yeah, I mean, we should just uh, we should take one of our weekly episodes and just turn it into a, a golf podcast because clearly we both, you know, we both know I have all the answers. Well, I have all the answers to everything, um, <laughs> unless it's like that shit that I don't know anything about. In which case, yeah, fuck that stuff. Um, I will say though, you want to talk CLV trophies? I will. I have Victor Hovland twenty-seven to one to win the U.S. Open. I already have it. Oh wow! I also have Homa. I think I have Homa thirty-six. I have Homa forty. Ooh, so I must have him thirty-six. I I have a I have a I have a ticket on him. And uh, or I, I sorry, I have a print. I have a I have a I have a like I have a, a real ticket. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I want to say I have him at thirty-six. I don't think he was thirty-nine. Uh, nope. Sorry. I have Max Homa at 34 to one for the U S open. Maybe um, I have that too. 
Tyrrell Hatton is who I had at 40 for the British Open. Oh, 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 oh. I was going to say, because I have I have Tyrell for the U.S. Open, too, but I have him at 75. Yeah, no, no, I have uh, I have Tyrell at 40 for the, the British Open. Um, yeah, so I cannot wait to just stroll into work and just <laughs> listen to people tomorrow. I cannot wait. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to have the, I'm going to have the biggest fucking smile on my face. It's going to be awesome. Cause people, they're <laughs> going to be so fucking mad. And I don't know if they'll be outwardly mad about it or if they'll hide it. I don't know which one, but. Oh, it's fucking great. <laughs> and so this so even so while we're still on why while we're still on bruce so this gets him a bunch of exemptions so he's going to be in the majors uh because right. he was running out like obviously we mentioned the injuries the playing like shit the frosted tips like well he was um cleared for the masters because he finished second yep so he so, so he was into the next masters because his exemptions should have been i think he, you know what i think he was still exempt because he should have had 2021, 20, 22, 23, 24. He should have had four three. years or five years. I think you get five years for each when you win a major. Masters, if you win the Masters, you get the Masters for life. If you win the PGA, you get the PGA for life or 10. I'm not sure. Um, the open. It's got to be life because Patrick Harrington was there this week. Podrick, yeah, whatever. but he might have won the senior PGA to get in. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So there's like obviously there's other ways. Yeah. Um, but it could be life. Like, I don't know, was Sean McKeel there? If he was playing this week, know. that's how he fucking got in. I know yeah. that. <laughs> or like DL3, but I don't remember though. Like, I don't really remember those guys. Yeah. So maybe it's 10 now. Maybe it's not life. Um, and then the open, if you win the open, you get maybe 10. Or so, or so u.s open i think you get five in the u.s open it's weird like u.s open i think is the most restrictive or maybe it's but they really they also cross compat they're cross compatible right or however you want to say that right like so like if you win the open you get to go to the masters for, for five for five for five yeah so you get yeah. five no so you get five in the others if you like this specific event but that's what i was trying to like because i don't know off the top of my head i'll just try to rattle um, like obviously if you win the masters, you're in for life U S open. I think, I don't know if you get 10, you might get five, you might get 10. I don't really know, but you get the other events too. So Bruce is now exempt into 2029. Is that math? Right. I always get fucked up with seasons and years. So four, five, six, seven, eight, no through, through 2028. He's all set. Yeah. And PGA, he might get even more. Yeah. Um, but he's probably going to make the Ryder cup <laughs> on points, not on picks. Right. Cause he finished second in the second, second in the masters and first in the PGA. I think he, I think he's second in the Ryder cup standings. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> and I mean, he'll probably play well in the last two majors. He should, he wants to win. Yeah. And I, again, it's like, so I know you you had mentioned, I, I forget how you phrased what you sent to me, but basically about him playing like shit at the Masters in that final round. Like, what did you say? He was playing like, like playing like a pussy or playing too conservative? He was playing not to lose. 
Yeah, and he fucking did. And he, <laughs> and he, he lost. He fucking, yeah. So he that's that's what it was. Time. So I yeah. So he gave an interview yesterday and was like very cryptic in the interview with Amanda Bally or Amanda Renner, whatever the fuck she goes by now. I think it's Renner. Um formerly Amanda Balionis. And he was like, Oh, I'm not gonna really talk about like my strategy or anything, but you know, the way I went into the the final round at the Masters, I'll literally I'll never do that again for the rest of my life. And I texted you and I was like, Yeah, it's pretty fucking easy to figure out that he went into the final round at the Masters thinking all I have to do is not fuck this up. And he fucked it up when he plays his best golf when he's aggressive, right? Like he's a step on your throat. I'm going to play my best golf. I'm going to take an aggressive line. Like that's when he plays his best golf. He doesn't play his best golf when he's like, all right, I'm just going to like try and put this ball in the fairway. And then like, I'll probably just hit the shot to the middle of the green and hope I can get two putts and like move along. Like that's not, that doesn't fit him. Right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to remember the masters. Cause I know, I know he, he three putted both par threes, mm-hmm. but he wasn't, he wasn't even close to the hole. So it's like, I don't know if his strategy was to aim away from pins or I like, I don't know what his strategy was. Because yeah. I remember on 10, he was like way fucking right. Um, and he just like really didn't get anything going. So he was three over through the first. Because the nine. old Tiger strategy. Oh, so he had a bogey somewhere else too. Nine, so I think. I think he bogeyed nine. Yeah, he bogeyed four, six, and nine. Yeah, so he three putted both par threes and then nine. I forget what he did on nine. It was something, it was something stupid. I think he missed a short putt. Uh, yeah. I think I think I think he chipped it close and missed or something. Um, it doesn't matter. So I like wonder if he was like aiming away from pins or taking extra club or like just taking it too far. Yeah, conservative because the old Tiger way to do things was find the fairway, hit it to the center of the green, make everyone else around you collapse. And that's why, like, in 2019, the best example of that is on 12, Molinari, wet, Finau, wet, Tiger, in between the two bunkers. Right. I'll lag it down there and whatever. Right. And then he probably birdied 13, probably birdied 15. Like, that's how, like, at Augusta, you can, once you get to 12, and if you, God forbid, you can just get it in between those bunkers, then it's go time. Right. Especially, huh, tournament doesn't start till the back nine on Sunday, but um, <laughs> like that's usually how it goes. And then if you take like a U.S. Open, and this PGA kind of played like a U.S. Open, like I know the scoring was a little low for U.S. Open of late. I forget what Pet- Fitzpatrick got in at last year. Did he get in at six? Yeah, six sounds right. I feel like it's been six since Bryson won at um, Wingfoot. Yeah, because it was six. He definitely got to six. He won by like four strokes. I want to say Rom got close to six, maybe five at Torrey Pines. So I think like their new number is like six, because that way, if it's like eight, it's like, oh, it was easy this year. And it's like if it was only four, it's like, ooh, a little tough. But it was it's not going to be plus three. Three years in a row. So it was six at the country club. Six at Torrey Pines for Rom, six at Wingfoot for Bryson, 
and it was 13 yeah. for Gary Woodland at Pebble. Yeah, but at and Shinnecock, it, Bruce was when over Bruce par. won, he won at plus one. Yeah, and that's when <laughs> Zach Johnson was like, oh, they lost the course. He said it on Saturday. Yeah. Um, but then the year before, Bruce won at 16 under at Aaron Hills. Yeah, Aaron Hills was a weird venue. Um, good venue, but weird. Weird choice. Yeah. Um, it was also a par 72. So... If that was a par 70, it's eight under. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, this played almost like a U.S. Open. Eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, nine. He got to nine. I still think I was right, but he got to nine. <laughs> so, always so right. touch, touch easier, touch easier than a U.S. Open, but um, it is the PGA. I think that's a number they're good with. Yeah. So, like, even even today... I think he was able to go at a few more pins. But honestly, it was just just wait till everyone fucks up around you. And Victor Hovland sure as shit did. He hit the Corey Connor shot. Or the Mia yeah. Moisen shot. Yeah, that's tough, man. What are the odds that the guy playing with Bryson in back-to-back days does the exact same thing? Hits it into the bunker on the same hole. Victor Hovland didn't play with Bryson, but anyway. No, I'm sorry, Bruce. Bruce, the oh, guy who played with oh, Bruce. Oh. I meant to say Bruce. Oh, okay. Um, the B BR, you know. Um, same guy that was playing with Bruce both days. Same hole, same tee shot into the same bunker, hit the same. They were almost standing in the same spot. Yeah, hit the exact same thing. Like, what are the fucking odds of that happening? Because I'll tell you, they're fucking astronomical. So. Yeah, it's a, it's actually funny because the result doesn't surprise me. Because if one of those guys would do something like that, that means they all probably kind of think the same way and whatever. It's just like a hard shot. Yeah. But the odds for them both to drive it in the same place. Yeah. Someone somewhere sitting at a bar made a lot of money off of that shot. Because I guarantee, again, there's a lot of fucking people in this country, right, that are watching golf. I guarantee at least one guy sitting at a bar somewhere turned to someone and, and goes, plugs this. I'll, be, I'll bet you a hundred bucks that he hits the same shot that Corey Connors hit yesterday. And or the God guy probably won a hundred bucks. People who don't, <laughs> or people who don't watch, he goes, I bet you a hundred bucks this guy just fucking buries this into the face and he has yeah. to take a drop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, How'd you know that? Quite literally happened yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Same club, too. I think they both hit nine iron. They both play ping. Yeah. I just heard a crash <laughs> upstairs. I think everyone's okay. Leo. <laughs> I don't know. Leo throwing um, shit around. All right. So that so I'm I'm excited about Bruce. I can't wait for tomorrow. I can't wait to hear the fucking bad opinions. There's not a ton on golf Twitter yet. There's not a lot of hate on golf Twitter yet that I'm seeing. A lot of it is like, you know, just a couple of people that I follow, like Kyle Porter who works for C- CBS. God, I hate the, him. Yeah. He's kind of putts, but he goes, the Kepka bunker shot on 11 is one of the greatest shots I've ever seen. Um, Dan Rappaport from Barstool said that Kepka is an all time. Great. What a unique career goes on, whatever. Um, I saw someone earlier, I forget who it was. It might've been, um, might've been Lou Stagner who said, 
how how could anyone not put Kepka on the Ryder Cup at this point? <laughs> so it's like I haven't seen a yeah, lot I, of hate yet. I bet you you'd see more in the comments. You're not going to see any from the mainstream. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. The comments you'll still see it, but um, yeah. I just ah oh, man, that was so good. That's so perfect. That being said, should we, should we just get right into Michael Block? Because that was fucking sick, too. Yeah. Yep. That was so, got to be one of the coolest fucking things ever. So anyone that doesn't watch golf, the PGA Championship is not run by the PGA Tour. It's run by the PGA of America. So the PGA Tour is every other golf tournament except for four that you know and probably have heard of. PGA Tour, you need to be a player. It, you are a what is considered a touring pro. Now, the PGA of America is different. They certify golf coaches and swing instructors and facilities. Like they they handle non-tour players. So like the guy I go for lessons with, he's a PGA of America member. The head pro at my club, PGA of America member. So the P, since the PGA of America runs this tournament, they host a qualifier where any of those PGA professionals can try to qualify to get in. So if you get through like your section or some shit, you go to the PGA club professional championship and top 20 move on. So there are 20 guys who are not touring pros. Now they're supposed to be like head pros at a club or they teach lessons or whatever. A lot of them don't like they're not like a lot of these guys aren't folding fucking shirts and like listening to Farmer Fran, how he turned a fucking 79 into a fucking 93 because he couldn't roll it well. Like some of these guys, all they do is play full time, but they have the credentials. So they get into the tournament, whatever. But then there are guys who like give lessons still. They're the head pro at a club. They're just fucking nasty at golf. And that's how Michael Block got into this event. He was one of the 20 um, from the club pro championship. And of those 20 guys, he was the only one to make the cut. So not only did he make the cut, he also finished 15th, which means he gets in next year. He has an exemption next year. So now that, that means 21 club pros will get in because right. the 20 will still get their spots and he gets an exemption. Um, he also potentially opens the door for exemptions. He did not finish top 10 to get into the Canadian Open. He did not finish top four to get special temporary for the rest of the year. So if someone wants to have him, they could. It's unlikely because he's not like a tour player, like right. on any level. Good story, but not a tour player. So you run the risk of inviting him and have him kind of blow up and not play well. Right. So it's right. not great. Plus there's a lot of bullshit with sponsors exemptions, which to which that I don't know much about. I just know it's really shady business. Um, <laughs> but he's in next year. He has the opportunity. I think he's going to us open sectionals. Sectional qualifying. I think he yeah. got through because he told Rory, he goes, I might see you at LACC. We'll see. <laughs> um, but so he's in next year. Great story. Only want to make the cut. Fit, beat fucking 55, 55 to 60 other PGA Tour players. Right. 
Never mind. And that's just guys who made the cut. Never mind the yeah. 70 that didn't. Exactly. And wouldn't you fucking know it? He fucking aces the 15th hole. Dunked Not it. only did he ace it, he dunked it. Dunked it. No He bounce. destroyed the rim, the, the rim of the cup. Yep. <laughs> there, he, yeah. they, he caused a delay. They had to go and repair the cup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it looked like he fucking just shattered the cup. Yeah. So, um, good story. I know a lot of people didn't like the story, which is fine, because normally I would be like kind of like that, like oh, whatever. My only thing is he, he ended up finishing top 15. That's cool. If that he made the cool. cut and finished fucking tied 46th, yeah, I don't really care. Right. Like, I don't, I, I just don't. Right. Um, and I mean, he finished. Did he finish 15? even for the tournament? Yeah, fin- plus, he finished plus 15. One. Plus one. Okay. So, so he, that- fin- he finished 15th, but it's like he was in the top 10 for the first three rounds. Yes. He was even. He, he started Sunday tied for eighth. Yep. So he was uh, like, when the, when he teed off, he was T8, right? So like he was in the conversation all three days. Yeah. And Big Randy was is one of the guys from No Laying Up. And he was one that didn't want to talk about this guy. He's like, come on now. Like he's not a tour player, like whatever. So if he shoots again, so if he ends up finishing like T23, I don't care. Like, right, right. Hey man, good on you. I'll never fucking hear about you again. But now I might. Because he finished T fifteen to get in next year. Like that's cool. Right. Like I, I like right. that. Um and God forbid he rides the wave. Like, dude, if he's going to US Open sectionals, they could be this week. They could be next week. Like they're 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 soon. Yeah. Like US I mean, Open sectionals are between US Open the tournaments in, in a month. Three weeks, four four weeks. Yeah. So I mean, they gotta wrap that up. At least the the very latest is the Friday before the U.S. Open. So, yeah, I mean, he could be going to sectionals this week, and it could be in fucking Memphis. Like, I don't know. Like, like, yeah, <laughs> who the hell knows? So, I don't know. Maybe he rides the hot streak and gets through. Probably not, but because he's going to have to go and play against. He's going to have to beat the best in the world again. Right. <laughs> because the guys that aren't exempt have to go do this. Like I think like Joel usually, Damon usually goes, right? Yeah, he like he had to go to. in full swing. Rico had to go last year, didn't get through. I think he's exempt now because he's he go he's top 50 in the world again. Yeah. Usually my punching bag missed the cut this week. Um loser. Loser. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, dude, there's legit fucking guys that have to go to sectional qualifying because they're not otherwise exempt. Yeah. Um but I don't know. I thought it was cool. And I also thought like you could visibly see because a lot of people are like, oh, just trying to stay within himself, blah, blah. And it's like, you don't even know what the fuck that even means. <laughs> like you've never met this guy. But the reason I feel like we can say we saw that was he was making putts on Saturday and he's like, you know, he's smiling. He's throwing the arms up like, yeah, whatever. It actually like visibly appeared like he wasn't just going to be like, I'm just going to keep my head down. I'm going to stay focused. I'm like, whatever. It looked like he was having a good time out there, which is all you can really want someone to do. Like, it's probably yeah. like half the reason he played well. Like some of these guys show up and it's like, I'm going to be hard nosed and be cutthroat. And it's like, that ain't you, man. Good fucking luck with that. Yeah. It's a lot of mental energy for fucking 36 holes to miss the cut. Cause you tried to be someone you're fucking not like you tried to be Kepka and you ain't him. Yeah. 
Well, it was funny yesterday when at the end of his round, they were like, hey, so you're getting paired with Rory McIlroy tomorrow. And he was like, no, I'm not. He goes, that's a joke, right? And they were like, no, like that's legit. Like you're playing with Rory tomorrow. And he was like, holy shit. Okay. And he does like one of the like, all right. And then he like walks away from the camera and he's like, well, tomorrow's going to be fun. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) he's just like a regular guy. Like imagine being like a regular guy, right? Like it's, it's nuts. And they're just like, yeah, so you're going to play with Rory tomorrow. And then Saturday he played with Justin Rose. So it's like, you know, former world number one. I'm sure he's a pretty cool guy to hang out with. Um, but yeah, I remember they they talked to him at some point during the round on Saturday. And he was like, oh, I got to step up my game so I can continue to get paired with uh, with Rosie tomorrow. And then he ends up getting Rory. <laughs> yeah, de- decent consolation prize. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Um. And yeah, that's, I mean, ultimately, again, if he's like, he's 46 years old and he's a tour pro, I'm uh, sorry, a club pro, like, right. He should be a very regular guy. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool story. And I, I explained that to Amy at first because I was like, wow, this is so fucking cool. Like this guy is, is playing so well. He's in the top 10, whatever. I think it was yesterday. She was like, oh, I've never heard of him. And I go, cause he's just yeah, a regular yeah, guy. Yeah. And I, I said, so um, Mary's friend's husband is the head pro at Newport National. Yeah. Um, so I go, that's the equivalent. Like that's the equivalent of that guy, of your mom's friend, being in this tournament right now. They do the exact same yeah. job. Classic Gary. Yeah, it would be classic Gary, right? Like our our coach. Like it's, that's who it is. Like, it's just literally a normal dude who's a golf coach that is in is also, is also the top 10. Yeah. That's just really fucking good at golf. The other thing that makes it, I think even cooler is that the course was so fucking hard, right? Like he shot 77, he shot even three days, right? 70, 70, 70, 71 on Sunday. So he finished the tournament plus one when the winner was nine under. So for just a regular guy for four he, days, for four days, he finished 10 he, shots off the lead. He finished 10 shots behind the best player currently playing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Out of all the players in the world. Yeah. The best. He was 10 shots behind over four days. Yeah. At a course. I, I, would, be sho- I would be 10 hard. shots behind through nine holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'd have to spot me like about what about eighty shots? I would say twenty shots a day. You have to give give me twenty shots yeah, a I'm, day. I'm thinking at Oak Hill, if I had to play those tees, I'd be looking at fifty on the front. Yeah, and he and he on again. I, you know, let, let's not go to real splits. On average, thirty five. Because if yeah. he shot even, we'll just say it was thirty five. Right. Right. Yeah, I'd be. I'd probably be threatening fifty. yeah like one of the one of the holes like 615 yards or something like that yeah i think it was like 13 yeah five yeah i mean that's far like waverly's got a super long hole like that it's usually like 
driver three wood hybrid. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fucking stupid. <laughs> There's got to be like nothing more demoralizing than hitting like a good drive, right? Like it doesn't even have to be a great one. You hit a pretty good drive and then you hit a good shot with like your, whatever you use, right? Whatever, like for anyone out there, whether it's a three wood or a hybrid or something, typically something that would like aggregate cover anywhere between 400 to 450 yards, right? You hit two shots and then you go and you step up and you look and you still have like 180 yards in. You're like, what the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> yeah to agreeing that that was that fucking hard yeah yeah it's like oh, i smoked driver and hit a pretty good hybrid and i got 180 yards still to go like what the fuck what am i supposed to do here nothing 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 don't you're playing the wrong tees however yeah. <laughs> you got into that situation you don't belong yeah <laughs> right because like if you hit so like for well, me, I'm, think, right, I'm thinking right I've, now, I've been so... averaging like two closer between, we'll call it 245 off the tee. So, so if I hit 245 and then I hit my hybrid, like 210, that's 455, 455 yards for two shots. Yeah. And I mean, if I, so if I was playing a PGA tour course, I could probably get 275 out of my driver and then 235 out of my three wood ish yeah if all things if all things are flat and there's like wind is neutral right ish right maybe it maybe it runs a little you know what i probably get more because it probably runs more so i probably i probably get like 275 and then like 245 ish on a pj tour course so what's that 430 yeah yeah i have 182 in yeah. Sick. Cool. Yeah, sign sign me up for the tips. <laughs> yeah, so it's just it's just nuts. <clears throat> that's the uh that's the PGA for you. PGA championship. There Wait, we go. People are gonna be so mad. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. I'm down. I'm always down for, for chaos and anger and and all kinds of dumb shit. Um, speaking of anger and dumb shit, um, I was, I'm wondering if you knew this, uh, that, that you're racist, uh, because waking up early is racist. I'd love to hear this one. So this is a legitimate thing. This is not, this is like really funny. Cause sometimes I think Elon Musk has posted this before, it's like a meme or it's like when you read a headline and you have to like triple take to make sure it's not Babylon B. <laughs> Cause this sounds like something that would be from the Babylon B um, or the onion. Right. But no, this is a legitimate article. Um, it, the title is why waking up early is rooted in white supremacy. Uh, so I will spare you the three minute read. Yeah, of I this, to, I don't. It's too long. The the um the basis of the claim is that waking up early is rooted in an idea that you need to live a discipline disciplined life in order to be successful, 
And then at some random point in the article, there's no connection drawn, but they just say people imply that um, black people are lazy because they don't wake up early. Right. So there's no like well thought out argument. Right. There's not like this one time, this one thing happened. And after this, like ever since this this event. Right. People have been saying this one thing. No, it's literally like they have like subheadings. Right. So they talk about like the origin of early rising ideology where they talk about how like Western culture emphasizes hard work and diligence and then they talk about the intersection of early rising and white supremacy. And the first line in it is quite literally, the early rising ideology is not inherently racist. Okay, so they just admitted to like, their whole article is bullshit, basically. Um, but they say, however, its connections to white supremacy can be seen when examining the broader historical and social context. If that doesn't scream bullshit, or like, I made everything up, just to get clicks and like, just to have people like me, right? Like that's like gotta be the number one cue for like virtue signaling. You literally said early rising isn't inherently racist. However, when you look at it closer, it is racist. What the fuck does that even mean? I mean, you read the article. And then mission they go on to talk mission about- Mission accomplished. Well, yeah, but then they go on to talk about how during slavery, the black people, like the slaves, were forced to wake up early and go to work. So again, I'm reading it being like, how does this support your argument? If black people were waking up early when they were slaves to go work, how... How like that's what I mean. There's there's so, no conclusion. What did drawn. you what did you say about something about like discipline and some other bullshit? Um, what at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. They said there's a there's like a in Western culture, they Western culture pushes discipline um, leads to success, right? So if we're gonna make some leaps here, I could argue that this article is racist. Because it would imply that if waking up early is like a sign of discipline and success, it's racist to say that black people aren't capable of that. Is it not? Right. Because so that, like, that, that's the implication is that so oh, well, waking up early is something that disciplined people do, and then and they that leads to success. So only only white people can do that. Black people couldn't possibly wake up early and yeah, they couldn't possibly wake up early or find ways to be successful otherwise. Yeah, I think that's a very fair criticism of the article, right? That's so, what, like, but this is what it always comes down. It always comes down to this. It's like if there's, whenever there's no whenever logical say, connection made. Yeah, whenever they say something is racist. The article itself inherently ends up being, at best, stereotypical. That's like saying, like, uh, you could say um, showing up on time is racist. Showing up early for your meetings is racist because um, that's a sign of white white supremacy because uh, black people couldn't possibly show up for a meeting on time. And it's like, right. what? Why? Plenty of yeah. black people show up for meetings on time. Yeah. I'd say a ton of them do. 
Yeah, I would say probably most of them do. I'd probably say it's almost the same per- same percentage of white people. Yeah, I would say it probably has nothing to do with race. Yeah, I, I not at all. I would say it comes down to the, the that individual person's ability to show up for something on time. Yeah, yeah. So that's like, if in this article they had shown like statistics, right, that say like on average as a population minority people tend to wake up later than white people and like drew that conclusion. All right. I don't like your argument, but like you backed it up with stats, right? Like this art, this article does no, not no, do no, that. No, 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 no. It doesn't do no one, that. No one's going to back anything up with stats. They just say stats are racist. The idea that waking up early is a sign of superior work ethic and serves to reinforce racial inequalities in several ways. For one, it places the blame for economic disparities on the individual, rather than acknowledge the systemic barriers that hinder the success of marginalized communities. First of all, that's a word salad. You just just threw all of the virtue signaling words in one sentence. Economic disparities, systemic barriers, marginalized communities. (laughs) Like, Like, is this like a... I need to use all of these things so I get brownie points type of thing, basically, is is what you're saying, right? And it's like, by promoting the notion that anyone can achieve success if they simply work hard and wake up early, it ignores the structural racism that has created and maintained these inequalities. Where's the structural racism behind the idea that if you wake up early and work hard, you'll be successful? Why do I have a feeling that Black people don't read articles like this? (laughs) <laughs> because they probably don't. They probably <laughs> don't. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's wild. I'm just like, if you read, if you read this article, which I won't, which you won't. But if anyone out there is interested, it the title of it is "Why Waking Up Early Is Rooted in White Supremacy." Um, there is no logical argument made. It's literally a word salad. It's a bunch of different words in order. And there's nothing that ties, nothing that there's no legitimate, like concrete evidence that ties racism to waking up early. At no he point just, like, in your starts the article. rambling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could anything you say be considered a rational thought? We're now all dumber for having to listen to you. You are awarded awarded no points. points. (laughs) And may God have mercy on your soul. It's like the actual structure of that article is they talk about discipline in Western culture, right? Then they talk about slavery. And then they talk about um, why waking up early is racist. And then they end the article saying, we need to stop making people wake up early. That's like how the, the the sections of it are broken down. That's the cliff notes of it for you. You know why but, people wake up early? Because they fucking have to. Yeah. They wake up early because they need to get to work or right. they need to go to the gym before work or they go for a run before work or they do anything before work or they have kids that need to be at school at a certain time and they need to get their shit in order before the kids need to fucking go. Yeah. Or I wake up early because that's when I have clients because they train with me at fucking 630 in the morning because they need to go do these things. Yeah. 
or one's 80 years old and he's up at fucking 245. Like <laughs> if I showed up there at 315, he might be there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's it's mind blowing that if you actually like read, there's no substance to any of it. It's like they know they being like journalists or like people that write these articles, it's like they know that most people aren't actually going to read what they write. They're just going to read the headline. So they make the headline as, you know, caustic as possible. And their articles suck. <laughs> like that article blows. Who, who published this article? Uh, it was on Medium. Medium.com. Oh, yeah, that can be anything. Yeah. I think that's like a Substack type of website. Yeah, you can publish your own shit, I think. Yeah. Well, they got us talking about it. I don't know. Mission accomplished, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we're talking about it for not why they wanted us to talk about it. <laughs> I don't know if that's really the point of writing anymore. Yeah, I guess. I guess you're kind of onto something there, right? Like, that that way is gone. That way of writing content or producing content for a purpose, right, is is gone. You just kind of write something so people feel extreme about it in one way or the other, right? Like it's you're shooting for your for the extremes. You're not trying to like actually inform anyone of anything. No. Not actually you, doing anything. <clears throat> Yeah, you're not doing anything. You're just even either having the people on the extreme end agree with you and say that you're the smartest person in the world or the extreme on the other end say, this is the dumbest shit I've ever read. So I I prefer to call myself a, the extreme center. So I don't know I what to call. I don't, I don't even know what to call myself. Anymore. I think everyone is stupid. That Therefore, that puts me in the extreme center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So before we get into final thoughts, um, I went to, so I, I talked a couple of weeks ago about um, going to the doctor, right. And getting all kinds of tests done, whatever. Um, Everything came back fine. Like, I don't know if I talked about the results or not on the show, um, but everything sounds was like, fine. Sounds like you just did. Yeah. Yeah. The um, Everything's good. L I'm the healthiest person ever. Yeah. My LDL cholesterol was like five points over the line where it's supposed to be. And that was it. Like, it's supposed to be under 100 and it came in at 105. You everything really else get, was hey, fine. Hey, you should really get on drugs. Yeah. My doctor was like, yeah, I don't give a shit. He was like, you're fine. Um which is why he's my doctor. Um, <clears throat> my testosterone, oddly enough, was kind of low. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, but I guess my sleep my sleep that week hadn't been that great. Uh, and I also read this. Now that you should get fucking doped up on. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, I also read... There's a bunch, there's a lot of research out there. There's, there's like legitimate like scientific literature that shows men 
when their spouse is pregnant, their testosterone drops um, further into the pregnancy. And then it actually gets really low once the baby is born. Um, and they say like biologically, it makes sense because testosterone kind of, you know, causes a little bit of aggression, right? Um, or it can in some people. So when you have a newborn child, right, it's not advantageous for you to be as aggressive um, because you want to bond with the child and you want to do all the things that you're supposed to do. Um, so that that reminds your, your quality of life is fucking terrible. Right. Right. Like you're not sleeping. You're stressed all the time. You're well, fucking, that's after the fact. life is, this is chaos. They, oh, like this the is during the pregnancy. The studies, this is during the pregnancy. So they said, oh. particularly you during to be the nice third... to the baby for it's not even born yet. <laughs> right. The fuck. <laughs> Quit um, being such a pussy before your kid's born. Yeah. <laughs> your testosterone so, is suffering. I know. Right. So like, it was fine. It was just under 400, which is low. Um, it technically, and we've done, we've done this whole spiel yeah. before, right? Like healthy technically range. between two, I think it's 250 and 1100 is the, the quote unquote normal range. Such a big range. Yeah. So like for me to come in at like just shy of 400, um, is low, right? I would say like someone normally around 30 should be, I don't know, probably around four or 500 milliliters per moles per deciliter, whatever the testosterone units unit. Yeah. The testosterone unit, it should probably be somewhere around five or 600. Um, so again, for me to be just under four, just shy of four is slightly low. Um, but again, I mean, there's, there's literature out there that show that would prove why. And also, like I said, my sleep hadn't really been that great, um, for the week leading up to when I got the test. So I'm not concerned about it. My doctor really wasn't that concerned about it either. He was like, I can test you again in six months um, and we'll see where where it's at. But um, I was able to get a ENT appointment. So for anyone out there, what the fuck is that? That's ear, nose, and throat. So I've had a deviated septum um, for like ever, probably approaching 15 years now. So I literally cannot breathe out of the right side of my nose. Uh, so it might be opposite on YouTube, but like uh, if you're watching this whole side of my nose, useless, right? Like when I, you can see when I take a deep breath in, my other nostril gets sucked in because the air is coming in. This nostril does nothing because there's no air that's able to actually get in. So I told my new doctor about it. He like did a quick check. It was like, oh yeah, that's definitely deviated. I'll send you to the ENT doctor. So I try to make an appointment with the guy that he sends me to. I couldn't get the exact doctor that my guy recommended, but I got another guy in the office who works with him. So I was like, all right, that's fine, whatever. Um, I would have had to wait until like the end of June to see the guy that my doctor recommended which in hindsight, I probably should have done, but you'll figure that out right now. So I go see this, this new guy, right? I'm waiting. I get there early. My appointment's at 11 o'clock. Um, I'm doing it in the middle of the day where I'm on the road. I have shit to do for work. Uh, but it was in, I was working in the area in East Providence. Um, so I was able to just kind of pop in. So my appointment's at 11 o'clock. I get there at 1030. Uh, I go up, I get 
checked in. I do the whole thing. And at like 1045, the nurse comes out and goes, oh, we're ready for you. Like, come with me, sit in this waiting room. Like the doctor will be with you shortly. It's like, all right, great. This is perfect. I'm going to get in and out of here like way quicker. You know, here I am thinking I'm just going to sit in the waiting room, but they took me. So I'm like, this, this is great. So like five minutes goes by, 10 minutes goes by, 15 minutes goes by. And it's like 11 o'clock and I'm like, all right, whatever. My appointment was at 11 anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. Uh, and the nurse comes in and she goes, um, actually, we're going to move you to a different room. Um, why don't you come with me? We're going to get, this is a better room down the hall. I'm like, all right, cool. So they put me in this other room. It has windows. Cool. Like the other room I was in didn't have windows. Um, and she goes, all right, so the doctor will be with you shortly. Okay. Five minutes goes by, 10 minutes goes by, 15 minutes goes by. It's 11.15. And I'm like, all right, I've been here since 10.30. You guys took me 15 minutes early for my 11 o'clock appointment. Now it's 15 minutes past my appointment when my appointment was supposed to happen. At 11.20, the fucking doctor walks in the door and goes, hey, how's it going? Good, man. How you doing? So like we do the whole thing. He, he's like, all right, so why are you here? And I go, I was referred by my primary for a deviated septum. And he goes, okay, so what's the problem with it? And I was like, is this a legitimate question? Like a doctor is asking me, what's the problem with a deviated septum? I don't know, dude, you're the ear, nose, and throat specialist. Like I can't fucking breathe out of one of my nostrils. And he goes, so is it all the time or just sometimes? And I go, nah, man, it's all the time. I haven't been able to breathe out of this nostril for over a decade. For I go for at least 10 years, I think is what I told him. And he's like, okay, all right, well, uh, let's take a look. So I'm like, okay. And like before he, he explains to me, he's like, all right, so I, I use this little probe thing to take a look, but beforehand I have to uh, numb your nose. So I'm going to take a little lidocaine spray and I'm just going to spray it in your nose. Is that okay with you? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't give a shit. Do whatever the fuck you got to do. So he sprays the lidocaine in my nose. My whole nose goes numb and I'm like, whatever. And while I'm waiting for it to go numb, he's talking to me and he goes, oh, so like, what kind of problems is this causing you? And I go, I can't breathe out of this nostril. And he's like, yeah, yeah. But like, why is that a problem for you? And again, I'm like, is this is, is like, am I on punked? Like, is this a serious fucking question that this guy, this doctor, right, is asking me? And I go, well, it really affects my sleep for one, because I can't breathe out of my nose when I sleep because I don't really get enough air. Uh, so I have to breathe out of my mouth, which leads to me snoring, which also leads to me not sleeping well. So it's like all of these things. And he goes, well, do you have sleep apnea? I go, I don't know. I don't think so. I was like, my wife tells me that I, I snore pretty bad sometimes, but I, I don't think it's ever been like a, I stopped breathing type of thing. And he goes, okay. Um, all right. Well, you know, you might want to get a sleep study. And I was like, okay, dude, I'm not here for fucking sleep, right? Like that's something different. And then finally my nose goes numb, right? So then he he sticks the little probe in my nose and he goes, hmm, yeah, yep, okay, all right. And he like 
hold, he like sticks a different thing in there and he goes, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. And he goes, I'm just going to check the other side just to make sure. And he goes in the left side, the good side. And he goes, oh yeah. Yep. Yep. And he like pulls everything out and he goes, so you definitely have a deviated septum. Thanks doc. Like, thanks. Thanks. I, I Thank you. I'm glad I'm glad I've I've been here since 1030. It's now 1130. Uh, and we've just found we've just discovered that I have a deviated septum. And he he starts to explain to me how it works. And he takes his hand and he goes, a normal septum is supposed to be straight like this. And then he cups it and he goes, your septum goes like this. So on the left side, you have a lot more space. And on the right side, you don't have any space. And I go. Yeah. I know. That's why I'm here. <laughs> that's that's why I'm here. <laughs> like, is this fucking serious? So he's like, um, I can't see anything past one centimeter in your nose. So he goes, it is pretty deviated. So um, what I can have you do is um, I'm going to prescribe you some, some nasal sprays, right? And he goes, you know, That'll it, it might help. He goes, it might help open up the air passageway and help you breathe again. So I'm sitting there thinking, like, dude, the septum is like fucking like cartilage, right? Like, if it's deviated and you know it's deviated, what the fuck is a nasal spray gonna do? Like, how is that gonna undeviate my septum? Right? Like, I, I, so he's he goes, yeah, so I'll prescribe you a couple nasal sprays. You use those for a while, um, but I mean, you know, if you're not really interested in using either of those long term, um, we can have some discussions about some other options that we can do. And I go, I looked right at him and I was like, I'm not interested in using any nasal sprays. And he's like, well, I mean, I'll still prescribe them to you anyway. Um, and you can, you know, decide whether or not you want to pick them up. But um, yeah, I think it would be a good start. And I go... I'm not interested in them because one of them was a corticosteroid. And I know you potentially know this, but any one of our listeners or watchers uh, on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe while you're at it and give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Um, but corticosteroids are not good for long-term use, right? It's very detrimental to your endocrine system. Um, it, it fucks up a lot of things, right? It, 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 corticosteroid is like, it involves cortisol and hormones, steroid is a hor is hormones, cortico is cortisol, all this other shit, right? So it's not good for long-term use. So this, this dude just wants me to start using a corticosteroid spray. And then one thing that basically is Flonase for like ever, like what the fuck? Like he just was like, use this. I go, all right, you didn't say how long to use it. You just said, use it. And if you get sick of using it, we'll talk more. I'm not doing that am. shit. I'm already <laughs> sick of it. So I told him flat out. I was like, I'm not interested in using nasal sprays. So he does the whole thing. He tells me he'll fill the prescription. He'll send the prescription anyway. I go, I don't care. Not using them. Let's let's talk about other options here. And he goes, well, um, there's potentially a sinusplasty. Um, and what we would do there is we would go in and we would cut the septum and we would realign it and we would make everything straight again. Um, however, one of the issues with that is you would have less area on the left side of your nose. 
So this whole time you've been really used to having a lot of air come in through the left side, but after this surgery, you know, you're not going to have the same amount of space on the left side. And I go, <laughs> is this a fucking joke? Are you fucking serious? Like, I can't breathe at all out of one of my nostrils. And you're concerned that I might be concerned that my good nostril is not going to be able to be as good of airflow. I, I don't care because I would like to be able to have two fully functioning nostrils, right? Rather than like one at, at 20% and one at like 110%, right? Like that just, that's fucking stupid. You're an asshole. So he, he like explains one other thing they can do. And he's like, well, if you, you know, if you're not interested in the sinus plasty, there's this other thing that we can do where we can go in and like shave down one of like the things that are like deep in your sinuses and like open up some areas. So I ask, well, if that, if you do that one, is my septum still going to be deviated? And he's like, potentially, but it might also take down some swelling. So I go, it sounds like we should just do the sinus plasty, honestly. And he goes, well, <clears throat> what I'm going to have to have you do is go get a CT scan um, because I can't see anything past your the deviation in your septum. So I don't know what's going on in your your sinus cavity on the right side. So I, I it's hard for me to be able to say anything because I don't know what's there. So you're going to have to get a CT scan first, and then potentially we can discuss, you know, some surgical options. And I go, okay, is that it? And he's like, yeah, do you have any questions? I, I wanted to be like, are, do you have anything else that you want to waste my fucking time with? Like, I, I, do you want to tell me that the sky is blue and, and like the clouds are made out of water? Like I, what the fuck are like what what just happened for the last like i honestly i think i was only in the office i was in the like talking to him the part right like meeting with him but it was less than 20 minutes right the longest part of it was waiting for my nose to go numb before he stuck his little probe that he couldn't fit past my deviation on one side anyway and it's like the amount of time he actually spent looking in my nose was probably two minutes or less. And that so, was the so, whole experience. So what did you learn out of this situation? I learned that this is why regular doctors fucking blow. And this is Correct. why I pay $80 a month to my doctor for direct care that literally I can email him, call him, text him, make an appointment whenever the fuck I want. And I can ask him for things and he just does them. And he's like, yeah, sure. No problem. I'll order that test for you. Yeah, sure. No problem. I'll do this for you. Yeah. No worries. Right. He's great. He's fantastic. It's like this whole experience had like showed me that like, it's the best fucking $80 a month that I could spend. I had a different takeaway. What's your takeaway? <laughs> Go to the fucking guy he referred you to. Yes. I think that's <laughs> that's probably what I'm gonna end up doing. Because so Yeah, I honestly what I would if I were you, I would I wouldn't do the CT scan. Maybe give no. it like a, maybe give it a couple weeks or so. Yeah. 
and I would just fucking get a get an appointment with that guy. However, so I'm going to email my 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 primary. I'm going to email my doctor and kind of fill him in and be like, "Hey, uh, Doctor Hetty, like I kind of fucked up. I took the sooner appointment with a guy that you didn't recommend, and uh, I'm going to like kind of not go as in depth that I just did now, but I'm going to give him the cliff notes about how like it was useless and nothing came of it." And he tried to just get me to use nasal sprays. Uh, so I think I might call back and try and actually meet his guy. But I'm also going to, again, tell my doctor that I'm not interested in getting a CT scan. Um, one, because I've already, I just had one for my cardiac calcium score. Um, <clears throat> so for anyone out there that that doesn't know I guess radiology, not that I know radiology, but I know a little bit about that rate stuff. All just now. Yeah, no. We just <laughs> play one at parties. Yeah. <laughs> so the way CT scans work is like it's a it it creates a 3D image, but it's really just like a bunch of X-rays, right? So you're basically taking I'm making numbers up here just to keep them round, but say you take like a thousand X-rays at multiple different at a thousand different angles. And it creates a 3D picture of whatever you're looking at, right? That's that's kind of an oversimplified version of how a CT scan works. So because of that, you're exposed to radiation, right? It's, radiation is typically measured in millisieverts. Um, so over the course of a year, the general recommendation, uh, and I got this information from actually Dr. Peter Atia, um, <clears throat> who's fantastic. He's on... If you don't want to read his book, um, it's called Outlive. It just came out. He's fan I love Dr. Atia. Um, he's been on all the podcasts, right? He's been on Huberman. He's been on Rogan. He's been on Lex Friedman. He's done Tim Ferriss. He's done all the big podcasts. Um, like I said, he has his own book. He has multiple books, I think, now. Um, he also did a series on Nat Geo that you can get on Disney Plus with Chris Hemsworth about like, physiology, how the body works and like longevity and things like that. He's a longevity doctor scientist thing, right? So from the information that I've gathered from listening to him and following him is that the general rule or recommendation is that you don't go above 40 millisieverts of radiation per year. And if you do average higher than 40 Per year for an extended period of time, your rate of your your risk of cancer increases like exponentially, right? Because it's it's radiation. So one CT scan, one chest CT scan for a cardiac calcium score can expose you to anywhere from eight to 12 millisieverts of radiation alone, right? So let's I don't know exactly what mine was, but say it's on the high end, right? That's 12 millisieverts. That's almost half. It's it's more than a quarter, right, of your allowance basically for the year. Um, and now just living, right, you're exposed to radiation because the sun gives off radiation. Like if you're in the sun, you're getting radiation, right? That's what UV rays are. So like I think just being in the sun might prefer, you know, over the course of one year, might, depending again, where you live, right? So if you live in closer to the equator, you're going to get more radiation and 
you know, less in the winter up here where we live. But I think, um, I think just being outside for extended periods of time over the course of a year can expose you to like 10 to 15 millisieverts of radiation. So you figure again, call me on the higher end because I play a lot of golf in the summertime, right? So just from one cardiac calcium score and from being outside playing golf, that's almost 30 millisieverts of radiation in the year for my allowance, right? So then the other 10 and such is whatever. Um, so I'm not interested in getting another CT scan, right? Because I would have to get a, CT, a head CT scan that who knows, maybe that's another five to 10 millisieverts. And now I'm over 40 for this year. Um, and it is one of those things where it's like, it's not like you flip a switch, right? It's not like you, you're exposed to 41 millisieverts of radiation. Now all of a sudden you have cancer, but it's a legitimate thing, right? And it's, it is a law of averages. So if one year is high, the next one's not as high, things like that. It is over time, but I'm also getting a little bit older, right? I'm 31 years old. It's not like I'm 19 and who knows how much other radiation I've been exposed to already. I don't know. I've never really paid attention. Um, flying in planes obviously expose you to a little bit more radiation than, um, you know, being at sea level, right? The higher altitudes. So I don't know. I don't, I, I don't like, again, it's not one of those things that I'm, I'm not even saying that I, I would or advocate or that I would sit down myself and like calculate how many millisieverts of radiation I'm exposed to every year. But like the extra stuff that you do know right? Like, you know how much a CT scan gives off. Um, so you can add that stuff up. And it's like, I'm not really interested, especially because I just got the chest scan like three weeks ago. So like, now I'm going to get whatever, call it 20, 20 millisieverts over the course of six weeks. It's like, all right, well, now that's a lot in a concentrated period of time. Is that I don't I don't know the literature. Is that better or worse than 40 plus over the course of a year? I don't fucking know. So it's one of those things like I'm not I, no. Not like I said, not interested. Just do the fucking nose surgery and fix my fucking septum. Call the right guy next time. Yeah. Basically. That's my advice. That's what it comes down to. Always call the right guy. <laughs> that, I really feel like you got Dr. Nick. Basically. <laughs> well, Dr. Hibbert's busy. We have this other guy, Dr. Nick Riviera. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Oh, man. Just the, like, the whole experience, right? Like, so what's the problem? Like I deviated septum. Yeah, but why is that a problem for you? I can't breathe, dude. Like I it fucks up my sleep. Well, you would probably just have to get a sleep study then to really focus on your sleep. Like, all right, man. Clearly you don't want to do your fucking job and help me here. So I'll just find a different doctor, I guess. It's what they call getting a second opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yeah. get a second opinion. <laughs> so, 
now we can wrap things up unless you got anything else you want to cover no all right how about a final thought i got one of those so in the realm of um you know reasons why i'm not an actual man and don't claim to be so down at my mother's cottage the deck needed to be it needed something on it because it it was it was built probably 2017 2018 no stain no sealer no nothing it's made with pt wood but like no nothing so i'm like all right well it's fairly new i haven't been actually haven't been down there in like a couple years but my mom was like yeah she goes your father wanted to put something on there like whatever i'm like all right well like let me look into it so i go down or and and so before actually before i even went down my thought was i'm like all right the deck's not that old i go and she doesn't want a color so it doesn't need to be perfect also there's a million pine needles down there so even if i wanted perfect shit's gonna end up falling in this thing so yeah perfect out the window <laughs> my mother just wants it protected i'm like right. okay so i'm like all right well let me try to find like a clear stain and sealer and you know people don't really like the thompson stuff and i didn't love using it when we did um i just thought yeah, it was like super oily the deck it was like, furniture yeah it was like super oily and like didn't really seem to absorb or whatever so i didn't really love it people don't seem to like it so whatever like the valspar one's fine and i'm like well if it's just a clear stain and sealer i'm thinking it's like the water seal i'm like and if it doesn't have to be perfect i can probably just put it in a pump sprayer so i look up can you do this like can you put whatever yeah. in a pump sprayer and they say yeah you can't like no problem okay so i go down and this is the week before i was like even gonna really do the work i take one look at the deck and i'm like fuck that looks a little bit more weathered than i thought <laughs> in the house my father had purchased some type of uh soap that you spray on and leave and yeah. just forget about it. You don't need to rinse it. I'm like, fuck, he was planning on cleaning that. <laughs> Go in the shed. There's a pressure washer from Harbor Freight. There's a Harbor Freight right down the street. I go, fuck, he was going to pressure wash this deck. And I know my mother doesn't care, but I like, I called it like I left and I called her late that day. I go, Hey, I think I need to pressure wash that thing. I go, it really looks like that was my father's plan. And I think that's the way it should. She goes, you don't have to. I go, I don't want to, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Feel like I should. It's like, she goes, okay. She don't care. So I map out. I have time last Tuesday to pressure wash and last Thursday to seal um before the rain came saturday so right. i'll go down i'll do it no problem so go down on the tuesday i pressure wash um you know it's still wet so i don't really know how good it came out i felt like it didn't come out well whatever um and then she calls me and she goes hey on wednesday they're removing a tree down there i go sick fuck i go fuck it i'm sealing it anyway i don't give a shit it's gonna be a mess but i'll 
blow blow the deck and fucking I'm, I'll seal it anyway. So I go Wednesday. I buy clear stain and sealer from Valspar. I have a pump sprayer. I'm fucking good here. Like, this is it. So she calls me on Wednesday, goes, guy banged out sick. They couldn't do the tree. They're doing it tomorrow. Okay. Rearrange my Thursday. Clear out my Friday. I'll go down Friday. Calls me on the... uh, Then on Thursday, later Thursday, I didn't go down. You know, they were doing the tree. They weren't doing the tree because the guy that banged out, he's AWOL right now. Oh, good. So I'm like, oh, my fucking God. All right, I'll go Friday. So I go Friday. Got my Kansas stain, my clear stain and seal. Open them up and they're like cream colored. I go, fuck, we have a fucking problem. I go, my plan is not going to work. I go around, I spray it through the pump sprayer, and I go, this is not going to, this is not, absolutely not going to work the way I wanted it to. Because I'm thinking clear stain and seal, it is clear, it goes on clear, you saturate it, everything soaks in, good to go. Right. Nope. This shit is like fucking cream colored. So, the exact thing I didn't want to do, go to my car, get a bunch of old rags, old golf towels, Come back up, spray it on, wipe it off by fucking hand, the whole fucking thing. I'm like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) Now, an actual man probably could have foreseen this coming and maybe use like an actual paint sprayer. Yeah. Like one of those like uh, HVLP, whatever, Wagner makes them. Yeah, yeah. And that probably would have got it done. Maybe, not really sure. Um. Yeah, I'm sure they make battery powered ones now. Well, that's the thing I, is like I have one that hooks into my air compressor. Yep. So I think like Ryobi has battery ones. That that's really yeah. what I need because I was doing the deck and the power source is on the deck. Right. So right. I'd be spraying the deck while <laughs> needing to walk on the deck. That doesn't work. Yeah. 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 So I'd have to get like a Ryobi one and whatever. So yep. By fucking hand got it done whatever so i'm sitting there and i'm like all right well because the only thing i the only thing i did was i moved uh a pat the table off the patio no problem whatever i'm like all right well i'll go down sunday or monday i'll move the table back out of the way because eventually they're, they're gonna do the tree and they need to get by that that side right tree guys 8 30 monday morning i'm like you gotta be fucking kidding me so <laughs> First thing in the morning, driving down straight away just to put the patio table on the deck. Yeah. The deck that should be sealed and should be fine. Right. But I'm like, what a fucking debacle. So actually, it ended up being a blessing that I moved from Thursday to Friday because Thursday I would, I probably would have gotten like, I don't know, maybe some of the railings done. Because if I had to do it by hand, it wasn't going to go the way I wanted it to. I'm thinking just spray on, fucking move on with my life. Right. Right. But the shit I bought didn't agree. So this is like tomorrow morning you have to drive down to yep. put it back? Sick. Yep. Cause I gotta get it. I gotta get it out of the way and I gotta get out of Dodge by 8 30. Yeah. Don't you usually open on Mondays at the gym too? Uh my guy's out. Oh, all right. Which is what allows me to be this flexible is he was out the the two consecutive Mondays. Right. Right. 
it's always fun. You're going to go down and it's going to be like a different color or it's, it's just, no, it should be fine. Cause truthfully, like the, where I, cause I started on railings, railings and spindles mm-hmm. where I started was fucking not. So the shit was like dry to touch in an hour and four hours clear of rain and you're good. So yeah. it is fairly fast drying. Oh, that's good. And where I started was looking pretty good by the time I left. Well, that's not bad. And the pressure washer actually came out pretty good too. Like I didn't know how good that was going to look. That yeah. actually looked pretty good. So. Now you have a pressure washer. <laughs> yeah, I just leave it down there because. Because <laughs> why not? Well, I'll need to use like, because that's the thing with the deck, like the thing that sucks the most. Like obviously I need a new strategy too. Like, I don't know if it's buying one of those guns or whatever. Um, but I'm going to have, like, that's something that, like, I actually have to, like, maintain down there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cl- sure. Because gets... clearly it didn't get done for five years, and then I'm sitting here fucking scrambling like an asshole. Yeah, I would imagine between the sun, the salt air, right? Like, that's a legit thing. People that live along the ocean, like their cars get fucked up more often, like paint yeah. in. We might be far enough away. Maybe not. <clears throat> I don't really know. But yeah, I mean, like there's like a lot of pine needles, a lot of pine trees, a lot of sun. Yeah. New England weather or whatever. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, my final thought is uh finally watched Ant Man. So Ant-Man, Quantumania, whatever. Um, Amy and I watched it last night. <clears throat> it was um, it was okay. Like it was, it was fine. It it wasn't wasn't a bad movie. Um, I feel like I feel like you can probably like cut and paste every single time I've said that I've watched a Marvel movie in the last year, and I think I've said the exact same thing about every movie. It was fine. It didn't suck, but it wasn't good, right? Well, I'm sorry. It wasn't great. Um, it was entertaining. It was um it was okay. I like Kang was a a, a good villain, which I know we've talked about before. It's like you need a good villain to make a movie good. Um there wasn't a ton I feel like they could have done more development wise with the whole story I guess like I feel like Kang's backstory came over the course of three minutes in a flashback that Janet was telling right like that was it like we don't uh, so I don't know it was fine right there was no there was nothing that I like hated about it it wasn't like the first time I watched Eternals and was like, holy shit, this like social justice stuff is like in your face. Um, there was like a little bit of that with with Cassie, the daughter, but like she's a teenage girl and that's what teenage kids do, right? Is they like protest and like save the whales and be nice to animals, like that type of shit. So like it wasn't like in your face. Um yeah, it's one of those like I'll probably watch it again, just to um just to see it again, right? But <clears throat> no one else was in it, right? The 
that's not really a spoiler alert. Um, I'll try my best not to spoil it for people, even though it's been out for yeah, three it's been months. Out long enough. It's been out for three months and it just went to streaming. So fuck you. Um, there was no one else in the movie, right? So it's not like it can, it's like building for something else. The end credits was was building for Loki 2, I guess, right? Loki season two. Um, yeah, was it the Time Lords? I don't yeah, even remember. It was, it was Loki and Owen Wilson. I forget his character's name. They Mobius. were like in, yeah, Mobius. They were in the audience watching like a play or like a magician or something. And the magician was another version of Kang. Oh. Um, so yeah, and then obviously at the end of Loki season one, Kang was in it. That's who Loki met at like the end of time, right? That fucking space when he went through the clouds and shit. Um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Like I said, I it was fine. It was probably better than some of the other Marvel movies that have come out recently. Um I think it was better than Black Panther 2. I've only seen Black Panther 2 once, though, when it was, you know, whenever, a few months ago. Yeah. I'm, like, struggling to remember because I I thought I remembered liking it. And I don't know if it's because... Ant-Man? Yeah. And I don't remember if it's because Kang is, like, starting to become, like, a real villain. So it feels like <clears> we're <throat> building towards something. Um, so I remember like Multiverse of Madness didn't really like, didn't really give us much. Yeah. I feel like it was just more confusing than anything else. Yeah. It just, it turned Wanda into the villain and then killed her. Maybe. But also like laid the foundation for the beer fest fucking continuum. Yeah. Where like they can now just kill people and then bring them back. <laughs> Um, and then Black Panther 2, geez, I don't even remember. I don't know if I saw that at home or in theaters, but I remember not loving it. Yeah, it wasn't that good because the villain wasn't good. I remember we talked about it and it was like the villain was the villain and then he was a good guy and then he was a villain again. And then by the end of the movie, he was a good guy again. So it was like kind of back and forth. Um, Thor Love and Thunder I think was an objectively bad movie yeah so I, yeah cause that one too like Gore is supposed to be like a good villain and I did not see that at all yeah <clears throat> so I mean I'm looking at phase four, and this is just movies, right? This is not the it's TV shows. Over. Yeah. Okay. We're in phase five now. So phase four, just the movies. I'll start at the oldest and then work chronologically forward. Black Widow, good movie. Um, Shang-Chi, the best movie, I think, in my opinion, that's come out in the last three years, right? Since since phase four, since Endgame, right? Since that that phase ended. 
Um, I think Shang Chi was the best is the best one that's come out since Endgame put a bow on you know the the previous phases. Um, Eternals was fine. You know, I watched it again the second time. It was fine. Kind of sucked, but it was okay. Uh, Spider Man No Way Home. That was a good movie. Uh, objectively good movie. Um, that's when they had like you know all the other Peter Parkers came in and it was it was a cool story. <clears throat> um good mix of nostalgia plus like new stuff. Not bad. Uh then it was Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. We just talked about it. Kind of really not a lot happened. I remember when we talked about it after it came out, I actually said I wished it was longer. Um because it was a short. It was only like 2 hours. Whereas like yeah. all these movies have been two and a half plus, and this one was only two. And I was like, I feel like we kind of got gypped out of some story there. Um, but again, not great, just okay. Thor Love and Thunder, objectively bad movie. Um, Black Panther 2, borderline bad movie. Right? Like, so that was phase four. And those were all the movies in phase four. There was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies. Two of them were good. Two out of seven were like, no, I'm sorry, three. Black, I said Black Widow was good. I like Black Widow. So Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Spider-Man. Three out of the seven movies were good. The other four were either meh or sucked. Um... And then phase five movies, technically the first one was Ant-Man, which was meh, right? So now the phase five movies are Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, The Marvels, Captain America, New World Order, Thunderbolts, and then Blade. All of those are scheduled through the end of next year, from now through the end of next year. So I'm sure Guardians of the Galaxy will be good because they're a good cast and like they've set the foundation for that group of people. Um, The unfortunate thing there is this is the last one. (laughs) This is the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. They've already come out and said it in the previews, like their final battle or their final mission or whatever the fuck. Um, So they're done. So the Marvels is probably going to suck. Um, Captain America, New World Order. We'll see, I guess. Um, that's going to build off of um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or I would have. It's going to pick up where that left off, which that series kind of sucked. Thunderbolts has the potential to be very good, but we'll see if they fuck it up or not. And then Blade. I mean, God knows what the fuck they're going to do with Blade. It's Mahershala Ali, who is good, but I mean, is anyone going to beat Wesley Snipes? <laughs> so I don't know. That's phase five. That's that's the upcoming movies. So I don't know. I'm just like, I'm like still kind of optimistic that the pieces might not be that strong, but maybe it builds up to something. Yeah, because then I, I'm, phase but six. I'm is... telling you, like shit. I've been saying it since fucking 
Which one? Eternals. I've been saying it since Eternals. What the fuck is this leading to? Yeah. Because none of it makes any sense. Yeah, and it's like, well, now that we know Thunderbolt is out, then it makes Black Widow make more sense. Yeah. And like... Then like, where do the fucking TV things fit in? It's like, what are we doing with Hawkeye? Well, nothing now because... He almost fucking died in real yeah, but he, life. He was out anyway. Oh, that's true, too. Now it's uh, Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, so. Fucking, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. I think the... Um, unless think the, the, Thunderbolt, the, golden unless the Thunderbolt villain starts to be like a fucking celestial, and then it's like, okay, well, now we're fucking tying up some loose ends. Yeah, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of loose ends that have not been tied and there's been a lot of movies right there's been eight movies and who knows how many tv shows at least five right if we've had loki what if wanda wandavision um falcon and the winter soldier she hulk moon knight yeah where where did those two moon knight was great I thought I loved Moon Knight, but I think that was a standalone. I don't expect Moon Knight to get tied into anything. So count that if you want or not. That would be six shows. If you take Moon Knight out, that's five TV shows. So you've got five TV shows and eight movies now that have come out. And nothing is tied together yet. That's not entirely fair. Because like Loki and What If tied into Multiverse of Madness which is where No Way Home led into. So it's almost like we got two things. We got the Kang stuff, and then whatever they do with the Thunderbolts. I, yeah. I feel like we're on two paths, because the Kang stuff is all multiverse, and you could see how, you know, Loki and... I'm trying to do this in my head. Loki, Ant-Man, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange... All of that, what if, all of that moves towards the Kang stuff. And then um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Black Widow. Um, Hawkeye. Like that stuff starts to move towards the Thunderbolts. But yeah, it just feels weird without any direction. Because isn't yeah. there also like an Avenger, like an like another Avengers movie that's like the Kang Dynasty or some shit? Yeah, that's Phase Six. So Phase Six yeah. ends with the Kang Wars or something, Kang Dynasty, and then Secret Wars is like the Infinity Wars and Endgame thing. That's how. That's the end of oh, they call God. it the, the multiverse saga. So the first three phases are the Infinity Saga. And then the second three phases are the multiverse saga. Um, but like, <clears throat> so I'm just going back to the Infinity Saga, right? We only had movies. We didn't really have TV shows. Um, so it starts with Iron Man. So I'll give them a little bit of a pass because I don't think they intended to originally connect everything immediately. Like in 2008 when they made Iron Man, like I don't think they had this plan. Maybe they did. I don't know. But I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt here. So you've got in phase one, you had Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, 
Captain America, and then the Avengers. So that took six movies to put everybody all together, right, in the Avengers. So we at least got something there. So it took six movies for a um, culmination type of movie, right? And then in phase two, we got Iron Man, Thor 2, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's 10. So it took 10 movies to be able to figure out Infinity Stones because it was Guardians of the Galaxy that kind of laid out what Infinity Stones were and like introduced the concept, right? Because they were in Thor Dark World, right? The ether. They were in all of these movies before Captain America, the first one. Um, but we didn't really like recognize them yet. So we got six movies for a culmination and 10 movies to kind of figure out what um, what was going on with Infinity Stones. And then the 11th movie was Ultron, which was another culmination movie. And then the last movie in that phase was Ant-Man. And then phase three was Civil War, another culmination movie uh, where everyone was in it. Then you have Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, the new Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming, right? Or like Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, which was great. Black Panther. Then you have Infinity War, Ant-Man 2, Captain Marvel, Endgame, and then Tom Holland, Spider-Man 2. So I don't know. I feel like the first three phases were a lot more coherent, right? And a lot more cohesive. Because like I said, we've gotten eight movies and five TV shows. And we don't have one culmination movie yet. Like we don't have one movie where like there's a bunch of people in it. Like there is no Avengers. There's no Ultron. There's no Civil War. Like there's no, none of that yet. And we've gotten, what, 13 iterations of the new stuff. So I don't know, it just feels like very disjointed. Yep. So Marvel sucks now. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Sell your stock in Marvel. Yep. <laughs> or Disney, actually. Marvel. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> I think that's going to do it. Uh, so, uh, thank you for watching again. If you're on YouTube, uh, don't forget to subscribe, uh, give the thumbs up, like rate review. Uh, if you're audio only too, again, you can leave us a review on Spotify and iTunes. So go do that, please. And thank you, uh, to again, tell everybody, you know, about the show, you can get us on Instagram at sarcasm speaks pod or on Twitter at sarcasm underscore speaks. Facebook is Sarcasm Speaks. Website, sarcasmspeaks.com. You go to the merch store, buy some merch. Um, while you're buying stuff, you can go to moonbrew.com. Use the promo code Jared16159 to get 10% off your entire order uh, every single time you check out over there. 
Uh, you can also use, uh, or you can also go to grillyourassoff.com, use the promo code SarcasmPod to get 10% off your order there also every single time you check out. And lastly, you can go to mybookie.com, use the same promo code as before, that's SarcasmPod, and they will double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks. So that's going to do it for us. Until next time, good night, everybody.